Bill Simmons hosts the most downloaded sports podcast of all time with a rotating crew of celebrities, athletes, media staples, and a slew of other friends and family members who always happen to be available. Check out the Bill Simmons podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Wi-Fi is life, Literally, man. Wi-Fi is my life. Wi-Fi is wifi life. Is- <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House on Ringer FC. Hope you are all safe and well. Today, we're going to talk about the Women's Super League opening weekend, England's game against Andorra, a little bit about my Ted Lasso cameo, and finally, we'll go through your suggestions for naming my variant. And my guest is Ryan Hahn and Flo Lloyd Hughes. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, I'm all right. What's been happening? Monday morning, feeling a bit croaky, a long weekend yeah. of women's football, three games in three days. I loved it. But uh, yeah, I loved it. Wouldn't change it for the world. And I'm happy to be mm. tired. I think being tired is a blessing when you are enjoying life, enjoying the job you do, getting to watch brilliant mm-hmm. football. Then I embrace yeah. the tiredness. I do feel that. I, I do feel that blessing, right? How are you doing, bro? Yeah, all right. Thanks. I was thinking, I, I feel the same. Very, very lucky to, uh, you know, our jobs are to cover football. But I also had a little moment Sunday afternoon where I was watching Arsenal Chelsea mm. and the Grand Prix at the same time. And wow. I thought, it's lovely, isn't it? I thought, I really like men's international breaks. <laughs> it's not bad, it's, is it? It's, it's quite peaceful. It's just, mm, I could, could do with an extra week. Oh my God, I was just talking quickly to somebody yesterday because like, you know, because Arsene Wenger, <laughs> Arsene Wenger, when we were, um, when, we, when he was playing, he was saying too many games, too many this and that. Now mm. he's going to try and change the World Cup to every two hey, years. Listen, man. And then we had this conversation yesterday in the lift. Everyone was saying, well, how will it work? How, when, what about the Euros? What's going on? It's just like, ah, it's probably awesome, man. Chaos. The bastion of, like employee loyalty. Mm. It's like these guys are paying my wages. Let's do a welcome every two that's years. What, that's what happens when you start when you start working in HR like Arsenal's, then you can do whatever you want when you're the man in charge. And then the thing is, and then all of a sudden Arsenal's sitting You've in there changed. with things like, oh, what can I do today? Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me t- let me every two years. Let's fuck around with the offside <laughs> rule. Like, <laughs> but with the, with the women's, are we are we going into the women's? I was right? say, before we go on the right on yeah, the on the on. women's stuff, people were really annoyed that we didn't talk about Ted Lasso last week because apparently you were. Oh on my it. god, yes, I know, but like, I I, I didn't Give think the people Simon, what they want. I, that's all it is. I'm an actor. Um, I didn't think I wanted more from Seema. I I felt I didn't. I wanted more from her. Now, to be honest, it was. Did you go in told- there? Sorry, did you go right in there being like, so what is our motivation here? Is there, like, Honestly, what's our I always, anything I do, <laughs> right, anything I do where I've got to do that kind of cameo, I always go in as an actor. And like the thing about it is, is that it's so intimidating because you go there and all the guys, all the guys there are just crazy football. They love football. Everybody loves football. So it, honestly, there must have been. 40, 40 people be, behind the camera there just for my stuff. And there was a bit with, with the Tottenham bit where I had to do where the, the, the screen, the guy who'd done the script, <laughs> he kind of wrote something in where I was saying something quite jovial and <laughs> about Spurs. And I said, whoa, script writer. I said, I can't say this even in, I can't say this even in Ted Lasso world, bro. I can't, I won't get away with this. Um, 
So it had to be. I don't so know how they do it in Hollywood, but in my, yeah. in my said, world, well, we man. don't do this. I said, what world is this? Ian Wright kind of like loving Tottenham in a football arena kind of vibe. I said, it's, it, it probably, it, that won't work like that. So I probably changed it around and then we kind of, we kind of done it how I did it. But it was, we've done it a few times, but it was really intimidating and you feel a little bit, um, you feel quite self-conscious and you think, oh God, these people are expecting me to be really good at this and I'm just going to, so I'm going to just continue to make jokes and not stop talking so I can hide my nervousness. I imagine that you didn't go full method. And Well, to be honest, I did. I yeah. actually, yeah, still well, in it. Well, Ryan, <laughs> now that you've mentioned it, now that you've mentioned it, as soon as you've mentioned Ted Lasso, because for about a week I was methoding, you know what I mean? I was methoding in the house. I had got my girls and my wife to talk to me like they were pundits as well. So as I could stay in pundit mode. No, it was like, um, it was nervous, right? Because like, you'd, I'm on there doing what I'm doing, Flo, but I'm actually nervous about what I'm doing. It's something that I do every week. <laughs> but it is hard. I find like, I find it's always easier when I do anything for it not to be scripted. Like I, mm. you know, I, I right. sometimes write intros or the weekend when I was doing radio mm. stuff, I write intros and I actually find it easier just to ad lib everything. I actually find it harder when you've got to look at a piece that you've got to read yeah. it out. I actually stumble. Even yeah. if I've written it myself, I, I much prefer just to like organically it's... come out wherever. When you look through the script and I see some of the dialogue that some people have and, and then they've got to remember that and they've got to put that across yeah. and then sometimes they, they're not allowed to change the script. I think, how can you do that much? It's amazing. I, I, I'm honestly, I'm, 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 I'm in awe of actors. I really, really am. A tough yeah. job, tough job. You know what I mean? But that, you know what? The, the messages I got from the Ted Lasso, people seeing, like, seeing Ted Lasso was, it's unbelievable. And I'm quite pleased about it because I'm not joking. Like in the other universe, that's how football would be. It's so wonderful and beautiful. And you get a manager that's so earthly and beautiful and wonderful and so just like joyous. I just need more that, managers with mustaches. That's the, the quota that's is the, too low right now. I continue to tell people, you just have to watch Ted Lasso. When I started watching it, because you know the action in football shows are so hard to replicate. It's so hard. You cannot replicate a football match um, in film. It just can't um, happen. It has to be Righty, real. if you never watched Dream Team, come on. That's an exceptional television. <laughs> I know. I know. Honestly, you know, when you watch it, it's, it's really hard. But the, the storylines are great. And just quickly, while we're talking about football matches that are not real, football matches that are not real, watch the UNICEF one, which is fantastic because they raised untold amount of money but I literally cannot get over how serious some of these guys are Dude, you know there's a lot of egos there's a lot of egos honestly there. honestly Dude, like I get it though right so a few do you remember when the riots happened in London and England was supposed to play the Netherlands at Wembley and it got postponed and England were launching like their new it was when final year of Umbro they had that navy away shirt with like the lighter blue shorts. Lighter blue, yes, yes. I had a friend of mine, shout out to Steve Campbell, he was at Umbro at the time and he, they did like a kind of a weird media day and this was before I even did any football stuff. I just knew, mm. knew Steve, I used to, Steve knew I played football and stuff and uh, he was like, fancy a game of football in London next, like on Wednesday or Thursday or whatever and I was just like, oh yeah, cool, that's cool, I'll, I'll come down and see my dad, like where? And he was just like, Wembley. I was like, what the fuck? And it was two teams, one of, we wore the England kit and another kit team was just wearing a normal kit uh, and we basically played a game at Wembley mm. and I was just like this is going to be really fun apart from when you get out there and everyone's just like I'm going to score a hat trick yeah <laughs> and, and I was playing centre midfield and I just remember like thinking 
oh, actually, this isn't that fun. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun, obviously. To, my dad came, for example, right? And yeah. there was one moment where I actually like uh, played a ball out wide and then I, I, I sprinted to get into the box. Someone crossed it in and I was kind of like reaching for it. Right. About six, seven yards out, got a toe on it and it went wide. Right. And I was laying on the floor in the six-yard box at Wembley, empty. And all I could hear was my dad <laughs> screaming. <laughs> Being like, what <laughs> <laughs> like oh no and it was like echoing around an empty Wembley Stadium I was just like oh, this should be one of the best days of my life Ryan, but right now this fucking on, sucks switch on yeah. it's oh my god sucks. anyway we won 6-3 and some people were very very happy because they scored a hat trick or something you know like something this. is watching the unit and like I say it's, it's, it's a great occasion especially the kids you can hear that continuous screaming they love it they're seeing the YouTubers they're seeing influencers they're seeing pop stars and that then you're seeing people who are really taking it serious I tell you what as well, Ryan, you, 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 you get in those headlights because yeah. what happens is, is that the noise, you go out and all of a sudden there's a noise, you're on the pitch and it's happening. This is what, this is what I'd love, like that, that, that normal guy or, or girl to, or players to see is to when they're going out into that kind of arena, what that feels like. It's very easy when you're sitting there, whether you're at home or in the chair and hammer people. But when you're on there, it becomes real very, very quickly. Dude, I remember like like just doing the Wembley thing, and there was no one there. You know, I played eleven aside football, but I walked on the pitch. And I was just like, "This place mm. is yeah. fucking huge. This pitch mm. is mm. huge." Mm. For being honest, wasn't in the best nick. <laughs> <laughs> not not your best. Not in your best form. No, just the pitch, oh, man. Like, just, how long? How long was you on the pitch, Ryan? Before you went, it's actually. I think I played seventy poor. minutes. I was just like a bit a bit bobbly, this guy. <laughs> Is they're going to do it at half, you know, when they get the groundsman come out at half time? Yeah. Half time do you something do because this isn't nowhere near my standard. But it's holding up a bit. It needs a bit of water in. <laughs> it's not quick enough. <laughs> Should we talk about a wonderful pitch, though? Yes. The Emirates, the carpet. The Emirates grass oh is lush. You know what? It was such a nice atmosphere. It was a, like I say, I love the atmosphere of the ladies' game, the women's game. The atmosphere is brilliant. It was a really good game because Chelsea obviously didn't start with like Sam Kerr didn't start, you know, and, and Frank Kirby didn't start and that, but like, they look, they look really good. But Arsenal were, I really liked how Arsenal played. They played really well. It's always really weird when you have the opening. So obviously for, for those who didn't catch it, it was the opening weekend in the Women's mm-hmm. Super League this weekend. Uh, Arsenal-Chelsea on the opening day, well, the opening weekend at the Emirates Stadium. I always find it super weird when seasons start with like a, Massive game. It's, yeah, it's weird. I agree with you. It, you need easing in, yeah. Especially like, you know, you've got Sam Kerr coming off the summer of vibes. Mm. People are coming back at various levels of fitness. People have different priorities in their summer holidays. She had a very distinct one and we respect her she, for it. She did. And do you know what? Like, as much as I love Sam Kerr, when she came on in the second half, I was just like, you've had a fun summer. Yeah, you've had a fun summer. <laughs> you've had a summer of love. I know what you mean as well, Ryan. And, and I think it's especially difficult in the Women's Super League because there's only 12 teams. So for people that don't know, like there's only 12 teams. So there's not a lot of opportunities to make up ground if you drop points against your title rivals. So to start the week, start the season, having to play one of your biggest rivals is is a big one. And I think Arsenal have fantastic pre-season, been playing Champions League qualifiers and they look like a team that had been doing that. Chelsea looked mm. a little bit leggy and looked a little bit out of sorts and they looked like a team that hadn't had mm. a, ma- a great preseason. So it kind of matched up yeah. in, in those terms. But Chelsea still had enough elite players. Thought Aaron Cuthbert yeah. had a brilliant game. Penilla Harder yeah, was, yes. was good to kind of still mm. get themselves into it enough to challenge. Yeah. But Arsenal were yeah. just 
You know, they just look so comfortable. They look like they've been playing together for the t- a while. Yeah. He got the tactics right with him, especially when it tired a bit, when they tired. Mm. I, I heard him saying, because what he done, he forced Chelsea out to the wings, didn't let them come down, come down the middle. Um, and and MRAs, I know that like the goals, we've got to talk about the goals. Viv's, Viv's goal was fantastic, but. So good. I think, I, I think that Beth Mead's goal, the left foot goal was so, it was, it was unbelievable because I'm thinking, oh no, she's missed the opportunity. When Viv came off, dropped in there and put it through, I thought, wow. She's showing them a clean pair. But like when she got through, I thought, okay, now they slowed her down. And I didn't think that Beth was going to get that onto her and smack it as powerfully and as clinically as that. She was saying you after know, the game, right? Did you see that uh, yeah. Chelsea goalie, Anne Christian Berger said to her, I didn't know you had a left foot. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the thing. Again, so the goalkeeper, in her mind then, Flo, yeah, she's, these, waiting these are things that people it, are, right? she's waiting for her to think, right, she's not, so this is how it would be. It's like yeah. she said, okay, she's going on to her left foot. She hasn't got left foot. So goal. Yeah. That yeah. is how it works. I thought all the goals were really good. I thought the Chelsea yeah. equaliser, well, obviously, oh. Viv's, Viv's one was amazing because she kind of, who, who was she going up against? Jess Carter. That was Carter. Car- was it yeah. Carter, who again Carter. playing out of? Yeah, she she she's pl- they she was playing out of position in a in a back three, which she, she's never done before. But most of last season, she was filling in at kind of right wing back. So she, mm, I thought they all looked so. uncomfortable back there because they didn't haven't really played in a back three. Yeah, so exactly. I think that kind of showed. But the way Viv managed to move her positioning, because it, the same sort of thing as as Mead, like. You, Viv's got a lot of work to do there. She's got a lot of work mm. to do to finish that. And she manages to find mm-hmm. the space and then get it between her legs and get it in that yeah. near post. So good. Especially against Viv's, a keeper Viv, like Berger, yeah. who is one of She's the best, if not the, the best. best in the league. So Viv's movement was fantastic in that mm. game. Her movement was really good. And it's great to, it's funny because then you could see it, you could see a proper angle. You could see what Arsenal were doing. And they, and some of the times, Flo, when you watch it, Ray, is that they didn't quite get to them quick enough and they got through Arsenal's midfield mm. really easy. And even the goal, what Erin scored, Erin Cuthbert scored, Chelsea, the way they, they kept that ball moot, they kept the ball alive in the box. But what you saw more than anything is forwards in a defensive area because when you looked at Viv and you looked at Beth and the space that Erin Cuthbert was in, they've got to get tighter to people. They've got to be more aware of what's going on because Beth literally... As soon as the ball went out of the box, Beth just ran out of the box and left Erin Cuthbert there. And she, the finish was just brilliant. I'm thinking that was too easy. It's too easy for how well they played up to that point. It's really bizarre, isn't it? That no matter what level of football or what, like whether you're playing men's Champions League, mm. uh, women's Champions League, women's Euros or Sunday League with your mates, how all forward players just do not have a radar for danger in defensive thing. No. They just don't. You know, it's I like used to be actually scared, right? Yeah. I used to be actually scared with any kind of defensive responsibility. You know what I mean? That's why they wouldn't want me there. Tony Adams would literally send me away. You know, what, when me and George Graham used to have arguments, he used to, in the wall, he used to put me in the wall on purpose in training. I used to have to be the blocker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And I hated it. And so on a daily basis in training, I'd be getting the ball fired into my balls, into my face, into my chest. And I know that George Graham was doing it because I was too, I was like giving him too much mouth. So I ended up being a blocker for, for, for a long time. And it's like, oh my God, this man's just getting me back. But the thing, the point I was trying to make was it's, it's evident that when you're watching the, the space, the, all of a sudden I'm watching the game. I say, wow, there's too much space there. What's happening? And if you switch off against you will be punished. I think You'll as well, punished. it's hard on a bigger pitch. Obviously, they don't normally play at the Emirates and 
Meadow Park mm. and Kings Meadow are both really tight, smaller pitches. So it was, there yeah. was just so much ground to cover for both teams. And yes. I think Chelsea, you could see that because they looked exhausted. Um, and when you're playing on a huge pitch like that, you're going to be tired. And I think Arsenal sort of last 15 minutes were just like backs against the wall, had about like mm. five centre-backs on it at one point by the end. And it was just like, right, everyone mm. just try and keep the ball out of our box. I thought they defended well. I think, I mean, mm. we've got to talk about the fact that Beth Mead's second goal was offside. It was. Yeah. And, and you can understand that, you, you, you can understand that Emma Hayes would be disappointed with that flow. But, and, and, and VAR and all that's got to come. But I was going to say to you as well, Flo, there's, surely there's, as much as that's needed and it will come, there's, 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 there's more important things to be worrying about right now for me. I think, you know, I think the first thing to do is just get the officiating better and get it up to a point mm-hmm. that would then be, VAR would be the next level up. It's like we haven't yeah. even got to the point where VAR is a level up. Just consistent good refereeing yeah. would be a level up. And I think that's, yeah. that's probably a more pressing conversation. I completely agree with Hayes yeah. in, in the sense that, you know, the product deserves VAR and the product does get VAR. We've seen VAR in, in other women's competitions. So it's not like no women's football has VAR, but I also just think there's a general, you know, officiating needs to be better across the board, VAR or not. Like the, the mm. refereeing is not good enough. It's not consistent enough. Um, referees aren't yet full-time. They're only from this season, there's going to be more full-time referees. The PGMOL, I think, have yeah. announced like a new program Perfect. which will support well, Slowly, slowly. But that's all you need. That's the, yeah. Slowly, slowly, just so as we could get there. Because as much as you, you, you have to sympathise with them, at some stage it's going to happen. But I'd like to see the game grow, like you say, in those increments. Because also VAR still requires competent referees mm. to yeah. use it, right? Yeah. So there's we no point that. in getting VAR if you don't have referees up mm. to a standard in order to be able to use VAR the right way. Mm. So and the Premier League, we've seen what the, what, a, what a balls, what a shit show they made of it last season. Hopefully, it'll be better this season. But like you say, rightly, yeah, it's just because you've got VAR, it doesn't mean that that's going to solve everything. But that that was offside. But I did, she did take the goal pretty well. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah, totally. On on the refereeing thing though, isn't um, Bibby Steinhaus Webb has joined the PGMOL to kind of oversee refereeing to yeah. join this season? Yeah, who's mm. she's for those who don't know, Bibby Steinhaus now Bibby Steinhaus Webb was um, first woman to officiate a Bundesliga game and a very, very legendary German ref. And he's now married to Howard Webb. What a duo. Little, uh, Is it? What a duo. Wow. Ex-cop refereeing powerhouse because Bibby <laughs> was an ex-cop. Ex- cool well. Oh like- my gosh. That's a power couple, man. Because yeah. Howard, Howard Webb's got a, a he, he look, he's such a lovely bloke. Have you met him? Have you met him? You met him, Flo? No, never. Wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. We've done a lot of women when we was doing some of the, um, the Premier League stuff. He's really cool. And he's got, he's got the look where you can look, you know, when you look at someone who said, yeah, he's a policeman or he's been a yeah, policeman. Yeah, he, he does he see in that vibe. Like do you think, do they have any kids? Authoritative vibe. Because it must be really hard being the kid of two referees. Can you imagine? Two ex-police referees. Imagine the rules. Imagine the rules in that the household. Rules. Do you imagine, can you imagine this, you know, the star wow. chart? Can you imagine the star chart in order to get a treat? You'd have to get like 30 yeah. stars, even just get like Pokemon cards. <laughs> It'd be ridiculous. Do you if they have like multiple kids and they're fighting over something, they just do like, they just drop it like a drop ball. <laughs> yeah. like, just They've got CCTV the in their house that, so they can just they be can, VAR yeah, for any fight. Fun, the, the, yeah. the fun they could have is sending their kids off, off, <laughs> yeah. off, off to off. bed. You're off. Yeah. off. Can, can you, do you think they'd have yellow and red cards in their I house for so. like behaviour? You've got to. Put your shirt on otherwise I'm going to book yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Get dressed. <laughs> 
before we move on from Arsenal Chelsea, obviously a massive, massive win for Arsenal and oh, God, one yeah. that they had to, like Flo was saying, with the kind of yeah, Arsenal the looking games. like they played played a little bit more. Mm. Chelsea kind of coming back to full fitness. Arsenal, mm. I think they've only they've lost five of the last six before this mm. against City. Or they hadn't Chelsea. beaten. They hadn't beaten. Chelsea at home since 2014. 2013 in the league, 2014 in the cup. So it's actually huge, a huge result. I know Emma Hayes was saying, um, Emma Hayes was saying that, um, you know, yes, because of Arsenal's earliest start with the Champions League, she feels that they're going to maybe run out of steam later on. So, Hopefully fighting they'll be able talk. to. Trying that's to psych him out. That's trash fighting talk. talk. That's vex. That's vex. Well, I have to say as that's well, actually, you know, from like mm. an Arsenal point of view, obviously you guys are big Arsenal fans. Um, Jonas mm. Edeval, new Arsenal manager, it seems like a great did you see guy. His, did you see yeah, and you know what? I, I interviewed Kate McCabe and Anna Patton last week, and they both said to me, "He is big on celebrations." Like out in Moscow. Is he? For one, for their one of their qualifier games, mm. he was going mental, and they were like cruising right. to victory. So I was I expecting that. big things, and a knee slide, mm. a knee slide yeah. in your opening league win <laughs> is huge. That's like FA Cup yes, final stuff. stuff. That is huge, and also in shorts. It, yeah, in interesting shorts, look. Yeah. Interesting look. I was getting some. Um, I was getting stick just before we got. I was getting stick because I said about Steph Houghton's fantastic free kick. Right? Yes, I'll give it to her. And I just said, well. Maybe Wall, maybe Wall could have jumped. We know, they'd know about Steph Houghton, you know? And like people saying, uh, it went around the side of the wall, actually. It didn't go around the side of the wall. It went over the wall. It was a fantastic free kick. And then people came for me for that. And then, unfortunately, what I've learned again is that you get the misogynistic pigs who, they start hammering the women's game. Oh. Yeah, and, every, and and anyone, you know, on Sky, on BBC, I was working yeah. for TalkSport, like that's what we said yeah. on comms because you're analysing football and in any football you're match, you would say the wall didn't jump. Doesn't regardless, regardless of the gender of the players, the wall didn't jump for women's football this whole season and why it's such a big deal and why Alex Greenwood, who's a player for City in England, is so excited is because people want to be criticised. The players want to be criticised. They want good analysis. Mm. They want giant mm. iPad screens that you can fiddle around with and draw things on and mm. show replays. They want people to say that the wall didn't jump. That was bad defending. Mm. And if you can't, if we can't do that, then what's the point? Because it's never, you exactly. know, never going to any can't progress TikTok. because it's not, a char- this is not a charity. Wolfsburg was not mm. a charity. It's a, exactly. it's a product. It's a sport. It's entertainment and it should be treated as such. And it's got to grow. It's got to grow. I remember reading a really good piece by Sophie Lawson about the toxic positivity around women's Totally. Football. Brilliant piece. Brilliant writer. Really and good. Sophie, yeah. Sophie Lawson is like one of the, the dons. Mm-hmm. Like no one wants to be patronised. And I think no. the thing is, is that these are professional footballers. They want to be critiqued in the same way. But the problem is that people don't critique the action. They critique the whole context, the whole product yeah. and the culture. Yeah. 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 Um, Someone I also want to shout out, righty, because I know you enjoyed her performance mm. on Friday night, was Ella Toon. Um, yes, man. She was really Jesus. good on Friday night. You know what night. was really cool? I'd done an interview with The Telegraph, like, and Ella Toon was one of the people, because when I watched her last season, the player of the season, that she was unbelievable. She's ready, man. Yeah, she's, she's got good. A, she's going to have a big season, because United, United lost a lot of their most important players going forward. Press, Heath, obviously Lauren James, yeah. who was such yeah. a baller for them and, and had a, a difficult season for injuries and is still not yet fit to play for Chelsea. But once she's up to speed, she'll be really good. So there's a lot of pressure on Ella too. But mm. I was intrigued by the positioning on, on Friday night. Yeah. She was playing in a deeper sort of false nine role. And, and at first I thought, She's going to struggle. She's very isolated. She's not getting a lot of the mm. ball. But as soon as players started making runs beyond her, 
And she yeah, just she had those two score. assists, perfect passes. On a Batier as well, scored United's second goal. People need to watch her this season. She was fantastic mm-hmm. last season. Unbelievable Spanish left back. And she's going to have a big season mm. as well. So that's... Khadija Shaw as well. Yeah. Khadija Shaw scored. She yeah. scored. Beautiful. It's okay. That was a really, like, I think there's been a lot of unease around Man United through the summer. I think mm-hmm. with the departures and obviously the kind of stuff that's come out about how seriously the club are taking the women's side and mm. the facilities from last season and obviously losing Casey Stoney who was like yeah. a bit of she'd already kind of dis, she'd already turned into like a bit of a, a cult yeah, yeah. Like cult and she's Casey a warrior Stoney. as well I, mean, I think you need yeah, for sure. so, still unfortunately still in the women's game you need individual managers who are willing to fight for you Emma yeah, Hayes one yeah. of those people Casey yeah. Stoney one of those people Carla yeah. Ward Aston Villa van- manager one of my favourite managers in the women's mm. game one of those people because we don't know the absolute nonsense and it is nonsense that happens behind the scenes. And Carla Ward yeah. had to part yes. with, with Birmingham. They ended up doing like almost like a collective protest because of it. Casey Stoney was always battling it at United. So it's, it's a battle for these managers. They've got a manager football team and also like fight for equal rights. It's, it's a yeah. lot. Yeah. They just want to play football yeah. and get on with their job Literally. and be given the tools to do their job. Um, can I just give a quick shout to Vicky Lasada who scored a, a lovely oh, goal man. for Man City. Beautiful goal. You were talking about not defending the space. I mean, Vicky Lasada oh had gosh. about 10 years to finish touch. that. <laughs> she had about 10 years. I think this is what I found really encouraging about Viv Miedemar's performance on the weekend was that like, she's struggled. She's tended to struggle a little bit in the more high profile games and I think people have been have used that as like a bit of a of a kind of like a stick they've got to find something to criticise her but the thing is the level when she when you play Manchester City Chelsea mm. you go into the Champions League and you play those teams from like a couple of years ago after they won the league mm. it's like those players know how much you can hurt them and yeah. therefore their whole objective will just be like Stop shut Miedemar down yeah. there's been some games where she's had literally she's been kind of like double mark. And yesterday for the first 10 minutes, Millie Bright was mm. just like on her, just like on, on her. her. Yeah. On her, just like whole, yeah. her. I think that that's what I thought was really encouraging about this weekend and the way that she linked up with Iwabuchi as well. I thought yeah. actually Iwabuchi in the, in the Arsenal-Chelsea game was so fun. Like, I'm mm. so hyped about that sign. What I saw from Viv, just quickly before we move on, is um, her runs and her movement. We do need to get that purpose. When she's running out into those areas, we have to get more people in the box. We've got to get more people attacking like, like Beth, like Nikita, Nikita Paris. They've got to make sure that, so as it doesn't, it's not wasted her just going out there. Not, so if you, if you negate her mm. and, and then we get, we get the ball into areas where we're putting it in the box and there's, there's no one in there because then you're wasting her to, to not being in the box to maybe finish something like that. And then you need people getting in there. What I saw from Arsenal the other day, especially like you mentioned with Iwabuchi, with Beth Mead, you know, hopefully she can continue. Viv Miedemar, Nikita Paris, is that we've got people who will score. Yeah, and you've got Caitlin so, Ford and Tobin Heath Kate, to come in exactly. as well. Oh, so I'm we, so excited for Tobin you know what Heath. I mean? Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Tobin Heath, man. Yeah. Oh. So Arsenal club shot better order more sevens. I literally ordered, yeah, I ordered one be. a few days ago. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I'm really hyped about the season this season. Same. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I love, you know, I, I love seeing them in the big stadiums. I ain't even going to lie. I love seeing it. Did you see the game yesterday, guys? England. I did. I know it was Andorra and, you know, people say... Um, Aren't you supposed to say, with all due respect? With all due respect. <laughs> Is that not the cool code? 
But what it is, is that like Lee Dixon says, there's no easy game in international football. I just don't like the term because it's never easy for a, a while. Look at Andorra. Look how long it took us, you know, trying to break them down. They defended resolutely. They've done really well. It's not easy when you're playing and everybody's expecting you to hammer them. Of course, they're going to get tired and then the quality should come through. But it's never, it's never easy. But like, I was, I was really gutted for Patrick Bamford. Oh, yeah. Did you see his face when the penalty happened? And it cut yeah. to him on the yeah, he was just like, like typical. <laughs> typical. Well, of course like, it's good. You know what? Me. As a centre forward, you know that's going to happen. Yeah. And I remember when, when, I, when I got in, like I read his interview and, you know, what, what he'd done. And it was really, really brilliant because he's such a, he's such a clever and astute guy. You know, he thinks about what he says. He's so in tune with everything. And he says, honestly, the crispness of Harry Kane's finishing is something you cannot not notice mm. in training. That's what he'll take away from him. And I remember when I got into the England squad, first time it was, it was Lineker and Barnes and Waddle and all that, but Lineker's finishing, right, was, it was just like, I said, he, he doesn't miss. Mm. He doesn't miss. He doesn't miss the target. The goalie, goalkeeper had to make a save every time. And that's what he was saying. Same thing when I went with Shearer, watching Shearer and Sheringham and Fowler and everybody. They don't miss. And so for him to watch that, have that week, playing against Andorra, and not being able to finish so as he can get that goal and cement it. Because whatever happens, whatever, whatever people say, you're judged by the goals you score for England. You are judged by the goals you score for England because people say, yeah, he didn't score, he hasn't scored yet. The amount of runs that that guy was making yesterday and not getting the ball, the amount of times he should have been given the ball, it just made me realise exactly what happened with me. It happens to you when you're the new guy. You're running about, blah, blah, blah. they take you off like 70 minutes, and you, bam, the main guy comes on and scores the goal. To be honest though, I think that his performance was really, I thought he played well. It wasn't one of those where he had like any howlers or anything. It's going to take a while to, to gel. And also that I don't think that this is the kind of personnel that will be around him when he plays, if he it plays. Was kind of, it was kind of a, you know, a very random group together wasn't yeah. it it was 11 changes yeah a lot of changes so that's hard I hope that Gareth has seen enough and that's what I said yesterday I said probably seen enough you know a goal would have topped it off on his birthday maybe that's why I'm a little bit yeah it was his birthday him Aww. and Bakaya Sako's birthday and so I'm just thinking I would love for him to have just to finish that off guy's been through a lot of shit and so when he got his chance right I think it's maybe it's too close to me because we've done a little bit of stuff at MK Dons but I just wanted him to get that goal and just so it can cement him a little bit because he's going to have to continue to score in the, to get into that squad because you've got Tammy who's in Italy who looks like he's ready to roar. And so he's going to need to have the kind of season he had last, last season to continue to get into that squad. And that's why I worry for him. And goals do that. Even though it's he's had Andorra. a slow start to the season as well. Like I put him in my mm. fantasy league team. I think, I think he'll fine, get though. he'll get opportunities. Yeah. He'll get opportunities, yeah. but it's just it's just the rhythm. It's just the rhythm. You need to get in that mm. rhythm. And if you're being called up as well to the England team, and you've had a start slow start to the season, you're not in that you're not in that nice sweet spot where everything is so easy. I mean, Wrighty, mm. you'll know this more than anyone. You know that that comfortableness where everything is just falling into place and you don't yes. have to work so hard because you start chasing mm. it and you don't want to get mm. into that headspace where you're chasing it. You can be scoring goals. Like I, I'll, I'll get called up for England and I'm scoring goals. You go to England, you don't get on the bench or you play a game, you don't score. And then That's you kind of go back and you're, 
you're, you're kind of a bit affected by the fact that like, oh, I didn't score. And you feel a little bit apprehensive about yourself. I, I got a lot of negative, like, energy when I came back from England because I thought there was games when I was going into the games. I'd scored enough goals, I might get a chance this time. But you're on the bench. I kind of accepted that I'm probably going to be on the bench for England. But there's certain times where people weren't playing well and it was an opportunity where you could have maybe got a, a starting berth. You didn't get it. And it kind of deflates you a bit. So like you say, he started the season. He hasn't started the season on fire. But then this will, it'll be like, oh God, I got taken off. I really wanted to score. With Gareth Southgate, I think you've got a manager there who's just so... He's clued up to what he's doing. He knows yeah, he's doing. And, he's, and he's in tune with the kind of, I think, the, like, the, emotional and the, the emotional side of playing football and being a footballer. And I think he'll be fine. You never feel like it's done in, if you come off in this, that kind of circumstance. So I just hope that he can nick some goals and get himself going. You know, but on the other hand, Jude Bellingham in that game, it's almost too easy for him. He's just so good. He's just t- too good. Do you know what I love about games like this? A little bit mischievous, a little bit of Ryla Wren comes out. When you start seeing games like this and you see people like going like, oh, Jude Bellingham, eh? Uh, but yeah, it's only Andorra. This young man roughed up severe in the Champions League. Exactly. And should have had a goal against Manchester City in the Champions League last season. And as someone who watches Jude Bellingham every single week, he does this to way better sides. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've, I think I've, I think I've got, I think I've bored myself of how many times I've said he has passed mm. every single test that he's had. He should play on Wednesday. If we're, if we're totally, yeah. Yeah. if we're totally should. thinking, you know something, we're going to qualify and he should be now starting to get that berth. Mm-hmm. Get him in there and let him do what he's done. Did you see that time when he, blo- when he broke for, for the first goal? He'd done this unbelievable f- bit of skill, gave it to Jesse, Jesse Bamlet, then we scored. He got, in the corner, he went down into that left corner, three players on him. He just, he fell over, got up, done it nutmegged one, done that slight, it was like... Ryan, did he do ballet at all when he was young? Because he's got that vibe of... I have of, no idea. I know some players who... Yeah, Rio did it, didn't Like, he? yeah, there's a lot, it, it can really, the balance is ridiculous. Mm. And I wonder if he's one of those kids that did do that, because it really does show. He's unbelievable, I think. Like, the thing is, he... We'll have his moments because he's what? Is he 18 now? He is 18. Mm. Yeah, he's 18 now. Who yeah. doesn't have their moments at, at that age, especially when you're playing in midfield? Like uh, Musa, this is the thing. I don't think people, I still think people underestimate how difficult it is to play centre midfield in a, a, an elite football team. Like Musa mm. described it amazing once. He was like, it's like directing air traffic control whilst also trying to land a plane. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. In the uh, Hoffenheim game the other day, like there was a couple of like ropey moments where he gave the ball away a little bit cheaply mm. or misplaced passes and stuff. but. He's just not phased. Like, he's just not phased at all. And he's got, mm. like, future, we were saying, like, future Dortmund captain if he stays long enough. And actually, I, th- I hope he does because it's a perfect place for him, just out the way. Future England captain? I mean, he's in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we need to let Flo bounce. I've got to bounce. Flo, I love you, man. I love you, righty. I'm a, I'm, I can't wait to see you. It's, it's too, it's, it's, I need to see you. Like, it's really weird. I've seen Musa and touching him. It was weird. Because he's massively <laughs> shiny, beautiful dome head. I hope you gave it a nice little kiss. And then... Yes. Well, have a good week, man. Yeah, you too, guys. I'm going to speak to you soon. Cheers, Flo. That's a shame Flo couldn't stay for this bit. Flo had a, another, another important gig. thing that she had to get to. I know, Flo's, we've, our people are so fucking, so busy. Yeah, man. But um, before we get on to the final bit of the show, mm. how was your week with Musa? You know, it was unbelievable experience with Moose this week because 
to be with him. And because, because he's so, he's, he's a wacky, he's a, he's a nutty professor kind of vibe about him. <laughs> and, you know, even the way, he will listen you know, to this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nutty professor vibe. And it's everything, everything he says, people don't realise, you know, to, to, to have a music friend, everything he says has got something about it, whether it's, whether it's just ludicrously funny or it's, it's just so fucking intelligent. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just, and to be with him, just like in the car for hours we were up and down to Manchester, you know, at the pub, you know, the Guinness, you know, all this, it's just, it was just nice to be, to be that close. And this is what I was saying. I was really, when, when I say that you were missed, it's not a case of, oh, right, you were missed. You were genuinely missed. Oh, mate, don't. I'm going to make this old man cry. And you had the FOMO. You, did you I get the FOMO? FOMO? big FOMO, big FOMO, yeah. I think, it was the Man- I think it was the Manchester thing that kicked me the most because I was just like, oh, mm. shit. I would have, yeah, I would have loved to have been there for that. It was, it was cool. And you know, you know what was really nice, right? We could, what we were doing and the amount of love mm. that we were getting. And, and sometimes, you know, this is why I say I just I really try to not harp on the amount of negativity that you can encounter because the amount of love that we got because of the book and everything was going on with the book and all the people we met and, you know, the people who came out to the signings, you know, people of classic football shirts, shout out to them guys. Mm. Um, you know, everybody was just wonderful. And it's a world now of this football because we've got everybody involved now. It's not just like elite, like you can only listen to football on, on the main radio station or you can only watch it on um, Match of the Day or this and that. Everybody's so knowledgeable. Mm. Yeah, about football. Everybody's, you know, to see how much people love football and what it means to them, and the amount of people that are earning a living off of it and doing what they—it's it's brilliant when you dip in there, when you dip into that world like that, and to go and see those people who go to the museum at, um, at classic football shirts and just see and speak to those people about their teams and what—it's well, fucking really nice. It's really nice, empowering, man. That's that's the amazing thing I find that now because of the amount of data and info and yeah. amazing writing out there. People know more about football than yeah. they've ever known. But this is why, right, in respect of the pundit game and where it's going and what you have to do, you have to bring more. Yeah. Yeah, you I think it's, you can't more. half-step it's like, anymore. No, but that's, can't I mean, be doing that's this a lazy. good thing. I mean, we've talked about yeah. like diversity and stuff like that on the yeah. podcast a million times before, like on Stadio and on Writer's House. People know our thoughts about things like that. We don't have to repeat mm. them, but like, that's what it does. You, you raise the level. When, when, it, love, when, it's, yeah. when it's more accessible to people and people know more about it, you know, education what? and accessibility just increases the quality yeah. of anything. You know? Got to give people more. Get people and in that the is room. What I, I love that. I love that. Um, that's what me and Roscoe, that's what we do in respect to the research and what we're trying to do is to, is to give more and then give insights because of where you've been. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an insight that you no one else could have done that. Not that this is turning into like a career advice session or anything like that. Mm-mm. But if there are anyone's listening is like, I know a lot about football or I I'm, I'm, think I'm pretty in tune with what's going on. I want to mm. do it. Like, go for it. Like, I think yep. I class myself as an example. Like I got into it very, very late uh, as a career. And, uh, you know, in my mm, early 30s. Mm. And it was just something that I'd always consumed and played, but never worked on yeah it can be done like your voice is uh, just as valid as anyone else's yeah. who's working in it and this is why people they come up to you and they talk stuff and they say stuff and they're speaking they, they apologise for speaking to you because they oh, you must talk football all the time the thing is you talk football all the time 
But when you're talking football to somebody who's genuinely interested, he's not coming up to fucking yeah. hammer somebody. People come over and they're genuinely interested in stuff and they speak to you. Conversation. Yes. Yeah. It's like not if, a problem if, for me. If, if, I'm, if I'm stood somewhere and someone comes over and be like, hey, Ryan, like, you know, do you not think that Arsenal just need to sign, uh, Arsenal have never replaced Patrick Vieira or like something that I'm like, sign me off. If someone comes over, question. if someone comes over and starts going, Ryan, I want to ask you a question. What do you think of expected threat as an advanced metric? I'd be like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Let me get you a drink. And uh, <laughs> this is going to take a while. I love that, right? Yeah, but uh, by the way, I, I, I'm a big fan of it, that, like seeing people trying expected to navigate threat. expected threat. It's a really cool thing. But for example, you know, when Moose is on Wright's house, the expected threat of hot takes it's, is through the roof. It's that you can't, yeah. there isn't a metric oh that, can contain, Wait a minute. Whoa. that can contain. Oh my God, wait I heard he told me. The Zlatan take. The Zlatan he told hot you take. it. <laughs> what did you I think? Cannot- it's, you know something? It's it's not actually that hot, is it? I, I know it's... <laughs> no, I do it's one of those. No, it's one of those that it's like in, in, at the moment that he says it for the first time, it's so shocking that you never think that football will ever be the same again or your life. <laughs> and then after a while, you're kind of like, oh yeah, actually, yeah. It's, not, it's, not it's honestly, yeah, but you have to go in because there's going to... When that does finally hit like a, like a volcano, when it does hit that it hot take, it. it'll never be released. Will it never be revealed? Yeah. We can't keep teasing people with it because when he told me it was a, it was a spit drink out moment. <laughs> what? And then you start to think. Yeah. And then you go, you know something, hang on. But that's the and thing it's though. Musa, a, it's Musa, a great hot take. But Musa does that though because he says it because he's very eloquent when he says stuff. He can say the most outrageous shit and you'll just and you be think, like, huh. Okay, let me think about it. Take my money. But you don't know if he's taking a piss. Watch that, man. But that is a good, it's a good octave. Your co-author. But anyway, big up the book. It's out. Oh, you know something? Um, Again, you know, going into, oh my God, right. I went into my old primary school, me and Musa. And because it's the old primary school where I was out of the class, where my teacher met me, and it's where my life changed, right? Mm. When I was seven. And you go back there and I always go back to that bit, go back to the library where he used to teach me on, on when I used to get a one-on-one tuition from him and I was walking past him the other day when we was down there and there was a teacher in the room with just one student. I think, oh my God. I said, Moose, Moose, this was me. This was me. Look, the teacher with him now. And, you know, they were asking questions, right? And then they say, like, so the little girl, I can't remember what she said, um, her name, but it's something to the, hi, my name is such and such and I'm from Ian Wright class. I I was like, Whoa. massive lump in my throat. I didn't, obviously didn't want to, I swear to God, I felt a rush of emotion and I nearly burst into tears. Um, and so what happens in that situation, right, is that they are, so, they're just like little sponges. Everything you say for someone to see you at their school, whatever you're saying, they will remember for the rest of their lives. It's a pressure that I don't feel that pressure in, oh, I'm going to say the wrong thing because I know I won't. Mm. But like, when she, when she said that, it literally brought me back to being in the room with the teacher, kids teasing me because I, I couldn't read and write properly and I was on lower books than them. And then now I've got a, a, a classroom named after me. And you know what I mean? And there's uh, my classroom and there's Mr. Pigden's classrooms right next door. They've got Marcus Rashford's classroom. Wow. And, you know, it was like when, it, when she said it, 
She said it and it was, it rolled off her tongue like, you know, Ian Wright classroom. I was like, that's amazing, man. I had to say to them, I'm going to just have to kind of like process. You got to ask Moose about that. I have to kind of process that a bit, you know, to have a classroom named after me with the, with the problems I had when I was coming through says you can literally do anything you want in this world. Anything you want to achieve, you can do it. So you have to get back in the moment of realizing you're speaking to eight and nine-year-olds, eight, t- eight to 10-year-olds, mm. and their minds are ready to be- Like sponges. Yes, man. And so speaking in that environment, right, you get some unbelievable energy. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. Kids give you the truth, man. They give you they the, give truth. the truth. Man. No bullshit. The truth. And yeah, they, do you know what? They will not yeah. let you rest. They will not mm. let you get away with shit. You can't half-step no. with kids, man. You got to- they will pull you up on your bullshit. Yes. That's the thing. I hope someone pulled Musa up on a three Champions League take. Some little like eight year old being like, nah, actually, because like their expected goals per game was down. Like while you were away, Mm. Musa and I were talking on Stadio. Right. And obviously people know that, you know, they know of Rilo Ren. They know that Musa is, you know, Musa Musa the Okwankara who is, Quite possibly the scariest variant <laughs> that we that we've. <laughs> but after the Adidas advert last week, where Musa referred to you as OBE and Kenobi, when I was Zen, you do look yes. so Zen in that. It's so good. They have to release a little model of that of you in their like. <laughs> I just want one on my shelf. A little here, right? I saw model. it. So basically, on Stadio, we said. It can't be OBE and Kenobi, but even though it's great, but we, we the, the variants, they need to be a little bit more mischievous. Like Rylo Ren is, Musa the Okwanka is terrifying. We hope that he never fully reveals himself on the podcast mm. because yes, it's like it Kang said, man. It's like, well, it's yeah. like, you know, he remains said, you know, you think I'm evil, wait till you see my variant. And that is the deal <laughs> with Musa. It's true. So we had some ones really we good ones. There's some excellent ones. Um, So... Ali, DJ Jilla, shout out to Ali. He's a good lad. Yo, man. He said, I quite like this one. Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> I did see that. Because <laughs> there's a lot. There's, there's, there's a lot and of mischievous evilness in that. t-shirt right now. Look, I'm wearing it as well. I love that. Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. That is brilliant. I did like that one. Yeah. It was, was there one Lokian? Who done Lokian? We had a few from Lokian. So we had a, a uh, let me find them. Emperor Palpatine. Oh God, I can't, I can't find them. Oh, uh, Ty said that, said uh, a Lokian. We had a few people say Lokian. Lokian's good, I think. I quite like this one from Logan Roberts, but maybe it's too similar to Musa's, Musa the Okwankara. It's got to be Ian who remains. <laughs> Ian who remains. But he's not the scariest variant no. of himself. That's the thing. So I did like... Emperor Palpatine is... is, is Palpatine's good, you know. It's leading the way at the minute. Uh, we had Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Someone just came in with Darth Righty, which I just like, <laughs> like no fucking around. Just like... Just like straight in, yeah, man. Like, bam. Why are you messing? Just... It's a variant. Who cares? <laughs> oh, Russell Hill also said Lokian. All right, we had this one from Cesar Gonzalez. Ian Anakin. Ian Anakin. Right, Ian Walker. Akin. Ian Akin, right? Yeah, he's put everything in there. Ian Akin. Yeah. Um, I like this one, though. Chris Shoot Worrell says, in a nod to Ian's favorite film, mm. Rightning McQueen. <laughs> Lovely. I saw that one. I saw it. I saw that one. Wolverine. 
Wolverine was one as well. So, but like, <laughs> it's not as it's not as evil. Yeah, as you need an evil Emperor one. Emperor Palpatine. I think Palpatine's Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine. I quite like Palpatine. I like. But was Palpatine. there anything else that you thought of though? Because no, Lokian's like, good, but Lokian's too. He's also he's almost completed the arc now to to good guy. I think or like anti-hero. I like um, Emperor Palpatine because. <laughs> <laughs> Because of the way, um, I remember the bit when he thingied Windu out the wind when like, and then and then Anakin came and threw him out the window because like, like, like it was Samuel L. Jackson was getting a better, and then he threw him out the window and his face and everything he just turned into the evil person. I loved the fact that he was so sly. I loved yeah, just... Emperor Palpatine was so sly. I was and when when I was reading some of, it, I was thinking, what can I come up with? But you, I needed to because. Obviously, I like writing McQueen. You know, it's funny because I watched Cars Free again the other day. <laughs> just like you know, and the thing is, I just dipped in. I just went in, yeah. and it's been it's it was it was halfway watched anyway. So I started watching. I was saying, I'm so disappointed with t- t- Cars, Cars Three. I went back and watched Cars Two, and then I just thought, you know, something. I should have just standard. left it. That's Why the don't standard. you just leave it? So maybe you could have writing McQueen is like your super good variant. Who's yeah. like the hero. Mm, the hero guy, yeah, I like that. And then Emperor Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine is the, the one where as the guy sudden, that goes the other way. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I watched as well again the other day, just I know we're going deep, but um I watched Incredibles the first one again. <laughs> What's wrong with me? My missus was away for a week. My missus and the girls were away for a week, so I was going, doing football, coming in, watching kids' films and playing Formula One. I saw your Instagram story about being like, I don't know what the MFD is. <laughs> but the missus is back now, right? So it's back to being a grown man again. I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to Scotland. Oh, nice. I'm going to play golf with Alan Shearer. That'd be lovely. Uh, well, shall I, shall I let you go then? I should bounce. I'm going to bounce, bro. Let's All bounce. Right, Thanks for having me. I'll see you soon. Yeah, definitely. Have fun in Scotland. Yeah, man. I'm going to see if I can play well. <laughs> okay, thank you very much to Flo Lloyd-Hughes. Always a pleasure having her on. Rilo Rain, I love you. Thank you very much. Hope everybody has a good week, you know, because that's the main thing. You know, England's got another game next week against Poland. I hope Jude Bellingham plays. And you know what? The dream for me would be Patrick Bamford comes on, scores the winner in the last 10 minutes. That's what I want to happen. Hopefully it will. But anyway, stay safe, everybody, until I see you again. I miss you already. Bye.